Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew. It comes from the Gospel selection in the Revised Common Lectionary for today. And, and we find ourselves in the 14th chapter, verses 22 to 33. And so I invite you to turn there now in your Bibles at home or to take out your mobile device and, and navigate there on the Bible app within the First Prez app. And, and I want you to do that because I'd like you to leave it open and refer back to it as we, as we move through the sermon together today and as we move through this text because we'll refer back to it a few different times. Now, if you've heard me preach before, you may have noticed that, that I am a fan of the three-point sermon. I find it helpful as, a, as an organizational framework for my own thoughts, but, but I also find it provides footholds, like, like rungs on a ladder to progress through a text as we arrive at a destination together. And today, we're going to move through this text just a little bit differently. Rather than, than organized around three points, it'll be organized around the appearance of this one word three times. The word immediately. You will notice that it appears in the very beginning, in the middle, and at the very end of our text. So friends, I invite you to listen now for the word of the Lord as we read from Matthew chapter 14. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after Jesus had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. And so Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when Peter noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <coughs> now, today's scripture, today's scripture is a story about agency. It's, it's about the struggle that, 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 that exists between self-reliance and reliance on our creator. And the text prompts us to, to look inward in self-reflection and to ask who or what do we depend on? It prompts each of us to ask, what is my focus? In our story, Jesus and the disciples have, have just finished feeding the 5,000. And, and, and that's where we pick up right here in verse 22. 
Hear this again. He says, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. Here is this significant public moment in Jesus' ministry. And, and, and he says, you all, you all get on a boat. You know, it, it's time for everyone else to go home. And then Jesus goes up the mountain to pray. Jesus, Jesus is maintaining focus. Focus on the Father who provided this miracle rather than on himself. In, in John's recording of this same story, of, of this miracle, we read here that, that the people actually try and make Jesus king, and Jesus wants none of it. He says, go. He puts the disciples on a boat and sends them off to sea. He dismisses the crowds, and he goes off to pray. Jesus maintains the focus on the Father. Now, later that night, just before morning, we read that the disciples are in the boat and that the winds are against them. We read that they, they look out and they see Jesus in the distance walking on the water towards them. Now, how is it they react? They say, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. What, what a great reminder to us of, of the humanity of Jesus in the eyes of the disciple. You know, we so often read scripture with the expectation that Jesus will walk on water. The disciples, <laughs> the disciples don't expect this because people don't walk on water. It's important in understanding the story that we pause here. We consider that, that we acknowledge that, that their, their friend, their teacher, their rabbi is walking on water. And how does Jesus respond to their, to their fear, to their fright, to their exclamation of, it's a ghost? Jesus responds immediately, right? Jesus responds immediately and says, take heart or have courage. It is, it is I. Do not be afraid. And, and we enter into this incredible movement of the story right here, right in the middle, right here where Peter makes this significant request. Now, 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 before we read that again, I want to be clear about what Peter does not ask. Peter does not say, Lord, I, I want to walk on water. Peter does not say, Lord, give me the ability to walk on water. Peter says this, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Friends, it's significant to, to, to realize here that Peter asks to be commanded. Peter is making it clear that he wants to obey Jesus. Peter makes it clear 
where the power is coming from. It will not be his own. It will come from the command of Jesus Christ. Peter makes it clear that our ability to do anything for the Lord must start with God. It must begin with us crying out, Lord, command me. Lord, tell me what to do. And I will do it. And so Peter gets out of the boat and begins to walk on water. He begins to come towards Jesus. And then he sees the wind. And Peter becomes frightened. Peter begins to sink. And Peter cries out. There are these two distinct, parallel sets of circumstances coexisting here, almost side by side. Peter gets out of the boat, begins to walk, and comes toward Jesus, and Peter becomes frightened. Peter begins to sink. Peter cries out. And what is it? That, that Matthew identifies as, as swinging the narrative here. From Peter walking to Peter sinking. Peter. Peter sees the wind. Peter gets out of the boat, begins to walk, and comes towards Jesus. And Peter sees the wind. Peter becomes frightened, begins to sink, and cries out. Friends, what is your focus? Are you daily focused on Christ, on the one who walks on water? Or do you see the wind? Are you focused on, on who God is, on, on who God says you are? Or do you see the world swirling around you? The circumstances where you find yourself? Are you focused on who the world says that you are? Are you focused on on a set of circumstances, something temporal, or are you set on the eternal? Because how you answer that question, how you answer that question is the difference between sinking and walking on water. Evan Andrews of the History Channel shares the following story in an article entitled World War II's Bizarre Battle of Los Angeles. Shortly after 2 a.m. on February 25, 1942, military radar picked up what appeared to be Japanese planes some 120 miles west of Los Angeles. Air raid sirens sounded and a citywide blackout was, was put into effect. And within minutes, troops had uh, manned anti-aircraft guns and begun sweeping the skies with searchlights. Just after 3 a.m., 
the shooting began. Troops in Santa Monica unleashed a barrage of anti-aircraft and 50 caliber machine gun fire. Before long, many of the city's other coastal defense weapons had joined in. Chaos reigned over the next several minutes. Reports poured in from across the city describing Japanese aircraft flying in formation, bombs falling, and enemy paratroopers. There was even a claim of a Japanese plane crash landing in the streets of Hollywood. A coastal artilleryman, Charles Patrick, later wrote in a letter, I could see six planes and shells were bursting all around them. Naturally, all of us fellows were anxious to get our two cents worth in. And when the command came, everybody cheered like a son of a gun. The barrage continued for over an hour that night. By the time a final all-clear order was given later that morning, Los Angeles' artillery batteries had pumped over 1,400 rounds of anti-aircraft ammunition into the sky. It was only in the light of day that the American military units made a puzzling discovery. There appeared to have been no enemy attack. The Army's Western Defense Command released a statement which read, Although reports were conflicting and every effort is being made to ascertain the facts, it is clear that no bombs were dropped and no planes were shot down. The only damage during the battle had come from friendly fire. Anti-aircraft shrapnel rained down across the city, shattering windows and ripping through buildings. One dud even careened into a Long Beach golf course. You see, friends, in February of 1942, the country was reeling from the attack on Pearl Harbor just a couple of months previous. Fear gripped coastal cities along the West Coast as they anticipated another possible surprise attack. It made them see ghosts. It made them see planes where there were no planes, a fight where there was no fight. In other words, they saw the wind. Fear fueled the illusion. What is your focus? If we do not set our focus firmly on who God is and who God says we are, we will see the wind. Because we will get that information from somewhere else. We will get it, if not from God, then from the world around us. We will see ghosts, illusions, and we will sink. New Testament scholar R.T. France writes that, that this story in Matthew is an illustration of the vulnerability of the disciple who allows doubt, the natural human perspective, to displace the faith which relies on the supernatural power of God. Friends, here, New Testament scholar R.T. France is talking about us. This story is an illustration of the vulnerability of us, the vulnerability that we have 
We who allow doubt, the natural human perspective to displace faith, which relies on the supernatural power of God. And herein lies the struggle. That Christianity calls us to rely on that which we cannot see. And so it is so easy to be distracted by the world. Those things which are swirling around us. Telling us that we are not enough. Telling us that we are in trouble. The world is constantly reminding us of our insufficiency, of our faults, of where we fall short. Where is your focus? And if we find that we are able to focus on Jesus Christ, then how do we maintain that focus? Two astronauts, Bob Bankin and Doug Hurley, referred to by some of their colleagues as Dr. Bob and Chunky, just returned from their first U.S. space flight since 2011, the first U.S. space flight since 2011. Their, their flight on SpaceX Crew Dragon was a success as it launched, docked with the International Space Station, and then returned safely to Earth about two months later, just this past weekend. I read that these astronauts were, were chosen for this particular mission back in 2018, and they were chosen to be a part of this next generation of astronauts back in 2015. They have been focused on flying this craft for five years. For five years, their lives have revolved around this mission. Prior to that selection, they had, they had logged 1,400 hours of space flight previously and thousands of hours between the two of them as test pilots in more than 25 different planes. Since being selected for the mission, it was a commitment to daily training, and focus on the mission. Friends, God calls us to this same kind of focus. It, it comes with the same kind of commitment to the mission that these two astronauts have had. Our Christian focus, it, it requires daily spiritual disciplines. Friends, if we are to become a transforming church, a church which is transformed and transforming the community, it will take each of us being willing to do the hard work each day of maintaining focus. Are you spending time in Scripture? Are you making time for prayer? And I'm not talking about just the prayer before meal. I mean, I mean daily prayer, quiet time spent with God. Are you in community with other Christians that are holding you accountable? Friends, 
The wind is blowing out there. We are called to this kind of focus because they serve daily as daily reminders that Christ's church can walk on water and do the impossible because it is Christ's power and not our own. It is Christ's command and not our own. This kind of focus is challenging. And yes, and yes, there may be times when we begin to sink. But when Peter noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out. Jesus reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why do you doubt? God's promise is that when we cry out, Lord, save me, Jesus reaches out and catches us. The wind, the world has no such answer and makes no such promise. Friends, let us become a church that maintains its focus. Let us become a church that keeps the mission in focus. Let us become a church that walks on waters that others in the community might see and come and worship. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, may you go out this day with the Spirit of Christ going before you, knowing that whatever Christ commands, we can do. And now may God's peace, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in union with Christ Jesus, both now and in the life to come. Amen. Go in peace.